Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Toons Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Toons Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got the king of the South himself <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Luke Southern, that. what up? Hey, how's it going, Harold? <laughs> Thanks for coming in and putting up with that bullshit. Um, so Luke is a good buddy of mine. Um we actually, it's one of those things where you meet and then you realize that, like, you know everyone that the other person knows and you're like, how the fuck did I not know you yet? Like, that's so funny to me when that happens. Yeah, that's how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a funny tie because um, I guess you went to school with Mike Anderson, a favorite of the show. You guys are both illustrators, so that's kind of an interesting tie. And like, oh, that's, there's always a tie back to the show somehow. A God among men. <laughs> No, he's a he's a big uh, we're a big fan of Mike here. Um, I've had him on several episodes. He's done a lot a lot of posters for us when we do shows and stuff like that. So he's a good dude. But it was just funny. I was like, man, like, do you know Mike or do you know Luke? And he's just like, dude, yeah, no, like, we went to school together. I was like, what? Yeah, that is so cool. I don't know why. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna call him out. He's he's amazing, talented, just oozing everywhere. And uh, yeah, just super talented. He's trying to like, say that what? that's me, but I'm like, God. Well, that's Why cool. Like, that? that is pretty cool when someone that you know is like really good at something says that you're good at that mm-hmm. thing. You're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I am all right. All right. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that'd be a good jumping off point, man. Um, how was it that you kind of got into illustration that you, did you find just like a love for art early on? Like, how did that kind of happen? Oh, man. Well, it's on the list. We'll get to it a little bit. Um, I started out at three. I think the first, um, the first little thing that my parents kept when I was a kid was this little sketch of the Ghostbuster logo. And it's been one of those things that I've been doing it ever since. Crayons, pencils, pens. I just picked it up early and, and ran with it. And um, it, it's been a part of me all my life. That's been like definitely the biggest fandom that I've learned from just like getting to know you is like Ghostbusters. Is that something that did you guys just like as a family find that early on or was that just like one of the first things you remembered watching? I actually first remember He-Man, which really? is also on the list, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Um, it was a little violent and my parents were kind of um, a little more sheltering in that regard, but they they thought Ghostbusters was a, little, was a little more lighthearted. And so I had a chance to watch it as a kid. The movie was a little above my um, age range at the time, but... I was a big fan of the cartoon, and um, it just it, it resonated with me, the, the idea of this supernatural world and these guys that could, could fight them or, you know, communicate with them. It was just this, I was always fascinated with it, and so um, that, that really propelled my love of art and, and drawing and, and really gave me uh, um, a template to start with. Right, and it's, it's interesting, too, because... I mean, you're definitely from, like, a, a different generation for me just by, based on, like, the things you, set, you said had, like, stuck out to you. So you'd mentioned He-Man for sure. That was one that I remember growing up, like, I don't know if it was my – one of my brothers was a big He-Man fan. And I remember I, like, inherited some, like, sheets <laughs> that they had. It was, like, the, sh- the fitted sheets. And it had He-Man and Skeletor and, like, the Castle Grayskull. Is that Grayskull? Yes. And so it had, like, all, like, the different characters, like, on these sheets. And I remember for the longest time, like, I didn't. I was like, what is this from? You trying to sell those? <laughs> Some twin-size sheets. 
<laughs> I think my mom has them in Mexico still. I need there's like a treasure treasure chest of shit that my mom has like Man. of my memorabilia from growing up because I'm like I need my goddamn Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I know I got some <laughs> some crispy blue eyes white dragons in that bitch, but it's just so funny. Yeah, it was just like something that they happened to have. I don't yeah. know where the hell they picked them up from, but I was just always like so like fascinated by these character designs and like. I don't know. It's just like a different um, generation because like a lot of these shows had like a similar feel to them. There's like He-Man, Thundercats. Thundercats was one that I was a big fan of too. And I mean, I know you mentioned that you're a fan of that one. And so um, that was one that always stuck out to me because I, I think it ended up being on a later run of Toonami or something and like, re- and like introduced a whole different generation to it. Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, He-Man and all those shows back in the 80s, it seemed like they they were they weren't really pushing the style of the characters so much as they were the story. And what I've seen from then until now, you get these, um, you know, SpongeBob, for example. I was never um, in that age range growing up. It was a little younger from uh, than where I was. And um, even still, I was fascinated by the character designs. But they, they learned to push that later on versus things like He-Man and Thundercats where you get these characters that look very proportional to realistic standards um but they're in these just crazy ass worlds you know like he-man and eternia and you get this blend of almost like star wars where this uh, technology is very futuristic but it looks really old um so they were you know just trying to flesh that out and with that came a lot of creativity that um i feel like is not necessarily missing but it's just a different type of creativity nowadays um, but I loved it. I, I think it was um, animators getting in the groove. And Thundercats was one of those, like, we talked the other day. I, I had the toys. I, 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 when I lost my sword, I made my dad build me another one that was like this, <laughs> the, the traditional, like, picket fence sword that, you know, I, I couldn't find another one. So it was the best I could do. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer, man. Um I mean, we did talk about the toys. Was was he made the one that they did on the toys that made us? Where yes. it was like they just bullshitted their way into a franchise, basically. Oh, totally. It was you know Barbie was seeing a lot of popularity and they wanted that for the boys and they pretty much just made a toy line and then the cartoon came and it it um, it kind of came out of out of nowhere. Well, that'd be an interesting like uh, I guess just like analysis or case study or something because like that's like the most masculine name i can think of oh, he man like <laughs> this is definitely a guy like <laughs> this is, you know uh, what i mean he's a man's man but that'd be an interesting like gender studies like topic or something definitely like. not a 2019 premiere <laughs> that would not fly <laughs> not in my america that's funny man i never thought about that until you said that just now i was just like oh man it's like really like that you know Finding that niche and like, oh man, there's this market here that we need to hit. Yeah, like we have an opportunity here. But I mean, it, it worked for them. I mean, but the with that whole world, it was, it, kids ate it up. I ate it up. I mean, I can remember just being obsessed. I'm still obsessed when I'm, you know, at thrift stores. I'm picking those toys up left and right. It it had such a tremendous effect on on my childhood that it's still a major part of my creativity. I'm I'm looking forward to the new Thundercats animated series that's coming out pretty soon. I don't know when they're going to release that. The Thundercats Roar one? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not really my style, but I'm going to give it a chance because it's it's that nostalgia. It's that IP that you grew up with that right. you're a fan of. Yeah. It's like kind of in that chibi style, right? Or it's like CalArt style? Kind of, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not sure what, what to call it, what but technically, chibi. Yeah. Correct. Um, well, that's always cool, man. We definitely need to check that out when it comes out. We have to give a shout-out to past guest Chris J. Alex. Uh, we had on the show. He's a voice actor. He's actually playing Panthro on that. Oh, nice. And so that's going to be fun. We're going to have to check that out and show our guy hella love whenever yes. that comes out. I don't know. when Was this supposed to drop this year or what? I thought it was supposed to drop this year, but well, I thought. it's probably going to get pushed till next year. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Nah, we'll watch it, though. That's all good. Um, yeah, that was cool to hear about. The, the It's cool to hear about, like, the thing whenever you're a kid and you have the toys and I think I don't know, maybe I thought it was you that we talked about this the other day, where it was like, <laughs> when you're a kid, you're bummed because you can't get the toys, and then you're an adult, and you're like, 
I got my own money now. I'm going to buy all my t- toys I wanted I when I was a kid. That gets me into trouble every <laughs> single day. I'm going to have to have my girlfriend block Amazon on my computer. <laughs> no more goddamn buy it nows, Luke. <laughs> I actually just bought <laughs> bought a, a, oh, it's probably a 20-inch Alice in Wonderland. It's from J. Scott Campbell. Oh, yeah. I think um, you were telling us about that yeah, at work the other day. huge. It also took a huge chunk out of my paycheck this week. <laughs> That is the coolest thing, though, is like, well, now I'm an adult. I can buy whatever the mm. fuck I want. Yep. That's why I was like, I'm sure my wife rolls her eyes whenever I'm like, I'm going to go grab this game. Like, because I've been building my Nintendo 64 collection back up. And I'll find, like, games or whatever. And, like, I'm like, can I just buy this one, please? <laughs> like, I just need to buy this one. I don't have this. It's like the... Or you like you find a better you find a better uh, condition cartridge than the one you had. She's like, I thought you had that one. I got the gold ocarina of time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that shit is so funny. But I'm like, you just don't get it. No oh, one ever man. gets me, man. When I was a kid, they didn't get it. They didn't get it why I wanted the stuff. And now my wife doesn't get why I want the stuff. You like the Tyrone Biggums of consoles? <laughs> y'all got y'all got any of them golden eyes? Goddamn. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something you don't know, Joe Rogan. I collect cartridges. That like slipped into Herbert there for a second. <laughs> Some cartridges. Dude, I'm going to need to take a break from this. <laughs> Dude, you did mention that you're a big fan of Darkwing Duck, too. And I just oh remember watching God. the shit out of that. I watched Darkwing Duck and the... Um, the Mighty Ducks cartoon. Dude. That was my shit. Amazing. Disney was hitting that and Gargoyles. That was such a fire era for Disney. I love it. Darkwing Duck, man. When I talked to my dad about cartoons, even today, um, it was like two or three years ago. He he remembered that. It just it, <laughs> he, it, he remembers like, he remembered Darkwing Duck so much. I I was so pulled into that show that um when the pop came out, the Funko Pop for Darkwing Duck came out, he bought me one. Stephanie, oh, that's so cool. My girlfriend bought me one the same week for <laughs> Christmas. And so I was like, what the hell am I going to do with two Darkwing Ducks? So I took one to the office, and the other one stays at home. Oh, is that the one you had? Okay, I yeah. thought you had one, and I didn't realize that was a Funko of it. Yeah. But anyway, that that show, just the 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 fun that they had with it. You know, we um, I'm, I'm a big Batman fan, um, but it was kind of Disney's way of Making their own Batman. It was Batman adjacent, yeah, wasn't it? it was very like much. Kind of that vibe. And I love that. That just that Art Deco, um, noir style that Disney was doing, and it was just so different than anything else they had done up to this point. It just it totally caught caught me. Yeah, with that and Gargoyles for sure, it was like their yeah. darker, yes, their darker take on stuff oh, without being like. I didn't think it was ever like brooding, where it was just like. Like, kind of the vibe DC's at right now, where it's right. like everything's just dark for the sake of being dark. But it was just, like, stylistically a different choice, and they're going a different direction than they previously had, like, right. traditionally. Yeah. And they were knocking it out of the fucking park yeah. at the time, boy. Dude, I can still remember how to draw his damn bill. Just the line <laughs> work from Darkwing's bill. It's in my head. It's like, I can, I can do that and not draw another element. His... <laughs> One side of his hat had a point. The other had a loop. You guys can check this out later just to confirm that I'm telling the truth. Verify. <laughs> Trust but verify. It was just the, the I don't know, the, the animation style, the, the character design was just beautifully done. The shit was hitting for sure. Uh, we'd be remiss if you're, an, if you're an 80s kid for not mentioning uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. I think we'd gotten into this before. Well, not, I'm saying gotten into it like we fought over it, but. <laughs> It's one of those things, like, I mentioned that we're just from j- different generations, so it was, like, one of those things that this show didn't quite hit for me because of, like, I was a different generation. So, like, I was more, like, in the Power Rangers wheelhouse. Like, that was more mm-hmm. of my thing as opposed to, like, Ninja Turtles, even though there was a little crossover, like, they did the whole crossover episode and everything. I think in the movie maybe they crossed over or something. But anyway, there was at least an episode, I remember, in one of the Power Rangers where they crossed over with the Ninja Turtles, and it was like fucking bananas. <laughs> but it was something that I never really had nostalgia for, just because it was like didn't hit for me at a, at a time that I was like, you know, the, the heyday was in the 80s. I wasn't even on the scene until like 91, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you you were just a baby 
when it was hitting its peak. No, for sure, yeah. And, I mean, I get that. That's, you know, you, I remember you, you talked about Mummies Alive. Yeah. And um, Gundam and all these that were mid to late 90s. And, of course, that's when you're growing up. But um, for me, um, you know, Ninja Turtles, uh, the, the original series was, was amazing at the very beginning. And I, I, I liked it all the way through, to be honest. But I can see how it got mainstream. It got washed up. You know, the, the original comics back in the day were so gritty, dark. Yeah, they I remember you saying that, and I never knew that. And blood, and it yeah. was just this, this entirely different um, scene. And um, they, they had to, obviously, they had to clean it up for kids. And so the, for me, the, the, um, the mojo was really in the beginning of it, how they established the characters, how they, they built this world around, and obviously they were milking it toward the end. But I just loved, I loved how they could take something so asinine as turtles that were these martial artists and, and create these lovable characters that, you know, I, I still to this day identify with Raphael, just his his temper and his broodingness, and at the same time, I I, I like Leonardo and his his uh, reserved nature, and you know we could talk about that all day long. But I just they um, they pulled apart, um, and it, obviously it was marketed towards boys. Um, not to say that it didn't capture my younger sister loved the story as well, but they really captured a lot of um, a lot of those. Um, uh, young adult teenage emotions that kids were going through you know the the angst the oh I'm gonna have to start taking care of myself oh I just want to party oh I need to go to school and learn to be smart they they captured a lot of different aspects with each character that um they while keeping it simple I think that's what what I liked about it well I think it was a sign of like a good character development that you can see yourself in these characters because yeah. that's always like when you identify with the character, though, that's what makes these shows and everything resonate with us later mm-hmm. or for so long is because we kind of identify with specific characters or shows or plot lines, things that happen in the show. And I don't know, it's just like an interesting thing. I feel like nostalgia comes up a lot on the show but just because it's like a phenomenon, you know what I mean? And it's like a lot of times I get caught in this plane of like, do I like this thing because it's objectively good, or do I like this thing because I have nostalgia for? Oh, totally. I can, <laughs> I can name so many things that oh. I have nostalgia for that are absolute <laughs> garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, go back and watch Ernest Scared Stupid and tell me that's not a, a steaming pile. <laughs> Dude, all those Ernest movies. Rest in peace, by the way. But uh, nah, man, that's that's too funny. But yeah, we do get caught in that zone talking about these things a lot. Just because it's such a common common thing for people to feel, like, so strongly about these things. And, you know, everything to the contrary that you should not care about this thing, like, it didn't matter. But just intrinsically, you're like, God, there's something, like, I don't oh, know what totally. it is. I love yeah. this show. Like, it's awful, but I love it. It's awfully good. Street sharks. <laughs> Even just, like, I'm thinking about Ninja Turtles, like, the pitch meeting, how that had to have gone. They're like, they're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Like, there's so many things there. Like, that's crazy to me. It's just, it, I mean, it tells me that kids, if you have ideas, I don't care how wild it is, <laughs> just be confident. That's what, I mean, those guys. Oh, my God. That's all it was. For sure. They just believed in it. For sure. Oh, man. But, yeah, it's, and even, like, the whole the whole thing with, like, the, you know, Michelangelo, like, the the, the painters. Like, that's how they got their names, so, like, from the artist. It's like, that is so perfect. Yeah. I love it. But I mean, it's just, like, one of those things. It's just, like, a novel idea that happened to hit the right time. They had great marketing. It was a show that resonated with, you know, the, the exact audience they were going for. So, of course, it's going to be, like, a cultural phenomenon. What was your feelings on, like, the, the movies? I know it's a, we didn't really talk about this, but what was, like, the movies later that, the, like, um, what's his name did? The, the uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. You know, I, the, the first one was, obviously, I was just excited for it to happen. I know, uh, story-wise, I won't get into the details. It, you know, it had its, its ups and downs. The second one, I honestly loved just because they were playing up on nostalgia. They, the first one, I was like, why is this shredder looking like uh, something that builds a car? 
You know, <laughs> I have no idea what this guy is, but he's not my shredder. And then the second movie Hashtag came out. Hashtag not my shredder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then they came out swinging with Bebop and Rocksteady, and it just took me back. The so shit hit? It, it did. It did. They, they were pandering, but I mean. <laughs> but it worked. I don't care. That's amazing. Um, so one, the, the show that I know the least about that you'd mentioned was Brave Star. Like, I don't remember. I was wow. trying to look at it, and I'm just like, man, I don't remember this, like, at all. Dude, that, that was another one of those. Ninja Turtles were very, very lucky because Brave Star was one of those that I almost feel like it was tone deaf. They brought this Native American who was a sheriff that was set in this intergalactic wild, wild west. His horse was a robot, but he was also humanistic. And Oh, I feel like I remember this, he, hearing about this now. Yeah, it was just this eclectic wild crazy idea and i loved it you know i um growing up we we celebrated a lot of our native american heritage and um, so those um those elements were very familiar to me and i feel like that's probably why i liked it so much as opposed to everyone else that was like oh my god this might be racist i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but it um just i don't know the they, they had toys. I had the toys. It was just this other thing I was just excited about because it was new and um, it, it hit me at a time where all I wanted to do is be creative. And it was, you know, check it out. It's, it's, I need it's to, a I, mess. when you said the, the horse is like humanish, I was like, oh shit, I feel like someone else talked about yeah. this before. But it just sounded so bananas. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, like Imagine if it were a live action, it would be T-1000 as a talking horse. Jesus. That's amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, Native American who's also a, a sheriff. As you are. Yeah. That's funny, dude. Man, I don't know why you're, like, trying to come on my show make me cr- to make me cry. <laughs> Talking about, like, in the land before time. Like... That movie, Legends. I had that on VHS. Dude. It's before they ran the fucking franchise into the ground. If you have it on like, DVD, you don't deserve it. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're on like Land Before Time 19 now or something. Oh, man. Which I try not to be like a staunch, like, I only like the first gen of ever, whatever. Like that bullshit like kills me so much, which I could be like that in some respects for some things, but I don't dismiss a bunch of like later stuff. I'm just like, that's not, I wasn't really the target for that. So that didn't resonate for me. But like on stuff like this, I'm like, this shit was like top tier. Like the real, honestly, like the first probably three movies is about how deep I go. That's where I end. Yeah. Maybe even just first and second, to be honest. But, but this movie gets me, man. The freaking soundtrack is incredible. Um, But they used to show it all the time on Cartoon Network. How did you first see it? Man, um, I, I believe it was in kindergarten or first grade. And, you know, everyone's going to say that I, I can't remember all that. But I remember it was, you know, I was surrounded by all my friends. And we were watching this movie as kind of a, um, a celebration. I don't remember what the exact circumstance, circumstances were. But we were all gathered around for like a movie day as, the, um, as a class. And I remember watching it. And it was just this. It wasn't Disney. It wasn't this familiar IP that, um, you know, growing up, we watched Bambi and um, the Snow White. The ones you've seen a million times Exactly. Already. And yeah. they all had that similar style. But then you're seeing all these dinosaurs, and it was this entirely different. It was almost like uh, the DreamWorks to Pixar nowadays, oh, I, right? That's a perfect illustration. Yeah. And it was refreshing. Not that I, I'm, I'm not hating on the old Disney classics. I mean, the, I love that. But it was just, it was a breath of fresh air when you were seeing all the same stuff. You're like, oh, they can do the same thing a different way. This is interesting. Exactly. And so as a kid, I love that because it it showed me that I don't have to follow what all these other people are doing. I can do what I want and be successful. And it just, you know, I I was a mama's boy. And um, when when Littlefoot and um, his mom are are journeying together, it just, (laughs) it hits so damn hard. It is so relatable. And it's one of those movies that, you know, it. I, I get its function. It was to teach kids how to deal with, with, with pain and loss, and it did it. 
it did it so well. And, you know, even to this day, I, it wasn't, it wasn't something I could empathize with back then, but it is now. Oh, and when she, when she takes that ultimate L bro. And that movie. You're going to get me crying. That man. shit gets me Jeez. every time. Man. Every time. I'm like, geez, that soundtrack, bro. Can I, as a quick aside before we are both like just <laughs> crying on the show. Can I talk about how lit it is back in the day? When your teacher rolled in that freaking TV, bro. Dude, that black stand That's like <laughs> is memories. <laughs> My God. You knew it was going to be the best day of she, the month. <laughs> she like rolls it in and locks the wheels. You already know what's going down. <laughs> I don't care if we're watching Nova on PBS, man. It was going to be oh, a good shit. day. I remember that. Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> I remember being so excited every time. Oh. And inevitably, like nine times out of ten, it's like, oh, we're watching Remember the Titans again. Okay. Yeah, well, you but know. I love that movie, so I can't That's good talk shit on that too much. The Land Before Time just hit different, though. And I just remember that soundtrack being so good, man. Ugh. Everything about that. Dude, just everything. They They had these iconic characters. And the damn leaf, the leaf itself was its Freaking own tree stars, dude. Man. God, they, I remember parts of the animation that always stuck out to me is just like the little water collecting on those man, and the little beads of water on the thing. And they're like drinking out of it. And I'm like, damn, this hits like you, I watched that shit recently. And I was just like, dang, this still looks good. You remember that as a kid. And then every time you see a leaf with rain collecting on it, it just takes you right Tree back. star. My God. The clouds that made his mom. Oh, Ugh. I got it. OK, I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> that shit got me for sure. Ugh. And then what was the other? Oh, and freaking Spike talked. Spike talked. Ducky. That was a moment. I was like, oh, shit. Mood. That shit stuck. That will remember that moment until the day I die. As a quick aside, um, there's only other one moment that sticks out to me like that that I can think of on that level. And it's not even a show that I necessarily, like, watched growing up. It's Door of the Explorer. Yeah. And um, it was a little, it was like, Kind of like what you mentioned earlier, like I was a little old for that, but like if it was on or whatever, I'd watch it. And my nephew loved like everything on Nick, like the, in that era or whatever. So like Little Bill and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Blues Clues. Oh, man. And um, so I remember one time we went over to my brother's and my nephew's watching Dora the Explorer. And there's like the little fox swiper. Yeah. And... Um, this was like a special episode, or it was like longer or whatever, but it was like a special, like a TV special. But I've tried to find it. I think I found it once or something. I can't remember. Anyway, let me just tell the damn story. <laughs> so I get over there, and I'm watching it, and my it's just funny because my nephew's gone. Like, we'd gone to pick something up at my brother's house. My nephew had been <laughs> watching TV and then left. So, like, it's just my brother had, like, left this key or whatever to get in. So we're, like, in there. It's me and my wife. She's doing whatever, picking the thing up. And I'm just on the couch watching Dora the Explorer, and something happened to where, like, they went into the future. Like, a, there was, like, a time machine. Swipers showed up and tried to steal it. They do the swiper, no swiping. And, um, of course, he's like, oh, man, or whatever, when he can't <laughs> steal it, you know? So then somehow he gets, like, taken with them into the future. And so when they get to the future, um, swiper is there, like, future swiper is there. And um, he's like, I'm going to take this time machine or whatever bullshit. And they're like, swipe or no swipe, like the three times, you know. And then he's like, that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and he took it. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I literally <laughs> was like, turned to Madison. I was like, did you see that? He took it anyway. Like, <laughs> I was all shaken up about it, bro. And like, that story is so funny. Like, she tells that story all the time. And like, I think about it just because it's like such a funny thing because it was like, my sub my my expectations were subverted, you could say, <laughs> but it killed me. Like it's so it's such like, such a dumb story, but it's just like something that I'll always remember, and I tell that story all the time because it like cracked me up. I was just like the genuine shock that I had. Dude, Madison, you're into it. Madison's like, dude, like this is a kid shit. What's your problem? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's just so such a level headed. Like we're just here to pick this thing up and leave. Like why are you even watching this thing? And so we were dying laughing. She's like, did you see that? <laughs> I will, like, never forget that as long as I should live. Um, 
man, you mentioned that you're a fan of the Iron Giant too. And that was one, like when we started doing programming up here at Tower, um, that was one of the first movies. Uh, that was the first movie we did actually, because we did a series for Ready Player One when that was getting ready to come out. That was called Ready Player March, and we're showing like all movies that are related properties to the to Ready Player oh, yeah. One. So we showed the Iron Giant, and uh, man, it was a blast. And I always loved that movie. I loved um, the cast was incredible: Harry Connick Jr., mm-hmm. Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel, Jennifer Aniston. Like, there's so many people in this movie. Um, but there's just like I don't know what it is that resonates with me about that movie. But I was a uh, I was glad to see that you had mentioned that you're a fan of it too. Dude, that I don't know. It it I think what I liked about that so much was I had a you know I had my sister growing up. We lived out in the country and we kind of had to you know make up our own fun. If I wasn't drawing, I was out building forts in the backyard, and so. Um, you either learn to talk to yourself or you make up an imaginary friend. And I feel like that movie helped me see that as being okay. Um, Don't want to get too deep, but it was just, this kid could be himself around this robot. And um, I don't know that, I don't know how else to say it. It was just a, a, a simple story about this kid and this thing that, they gave such life to with, I mean, Vin Diesel's voice. And obviously he's the most liveliest person <laughs> ever in the Fast and Furious. So, um, I'm in your face. <laughs> what if Busta. he had said that? We should cut all, all Vin Diesel's. I think we talked about doing this. I don't know if it was you that I talked to about this. But we're going to cut in Vin Diesel's lines from all different movies. I think it would work. Ending I mean, with I Am Groot when he blows up. I mean, assuming the kid's Busta. <laughs> the Busta kept me out of handcuffs. You can have any brew you want. This is now the Fast and the Furious quote podcast. As long as it's Corona. <laughs> That's Vince's. If he had said we're family at the very end, I would have died. We're family. Oh, my God. Anyway. That, that, that would have been the icing on the cake of that movie. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to derail. No, that. no. I mean, when... Going back to Ready Player One, when Iron Giant showed up. Bro! Okay, so first off, I'll, I'll just get this out of the way. I have a horrible phobia of Chucky from Child's Play. Oh, my God. And so I knew I knew that he was going to be in the movie. I didn't know when. I didn't know where. I didn't know how. <laughs> and so my first viewing of Ready Player One was all stress. Anxiety. And so when he showed up, it was like, oh, thank God I can breathe. And then Iron Giant shows up, and I just flipped because they brought in the one guy that's like, oh, he's going to kick everyone's ass. For sure. And then the bridge. Oh, just a beautiful way to tie in a beloved character to um, a movie that was pure nostalgia. Yeah, I think we've mentioned this before on the show, but um, the oper- one of the operators here at Tower, Steven, he, um, he'd actually gone to while we were screening like the movies, I think it was actually the day that we showed the Iron Giant, he was watching Ready Player One at South by Southwest, like a pre-screen. And it was actually like a Steven Spielberg did a forward to it. So he got to go like That's shake Spielberg's wild. hand and stuff. Oh my God. And he said that Spielberg said that his favorite part of all of Ready Player One was being able to bring back the Iron Giant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bruh. The part that got me though was when they had the Gundam. Because I was like, oh, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> well, it's, Mecha Godzilla. It's a Gundam. That was tight. That was. There was a lot of sick parts for the, sure. The Gundam got a lot of the, the anime boys. Oh, yeah. And the freaking, um, really her bike, too, was very like reminiscent of Akira. Yeah. So that was like, there was a lot of cool like anime Easter eggs that yeah. were uh, that were kind of tied in. So the uh, another one you'd mentioned was Five Goes West. I remember that was another one that. There was like a back in the day, Cartoon Network used to do these specials where it was like Saturday nights and they'd be like, the featured movie is so and so. And they do like this really cool, like, it, it was like a, its own like sub brand of Cartoon Network where like they would do this whole thing where it was like Saturday at the movies or something. And it was really reminiscent of like Fox Spotlight, like how they have like the oh, yeah. iconic yeah. bumper, like the logo identity thing. It was kind of like that. And I remember them doing like these events and it would be like, they would show like, previews and clips from from mo- the movies that they were going to show and um i just remember 
that was the first time I ever watched this this cartoon, this movie. And um, I don't know, man. It just always stuck out to me, too. It was one that I don't, like, think about all the time. But I remember, like, everything adjacent to it. Like, the branding, the little bumpers that they showed, like, before they would show the movie. The whole week leading up, you'd know that this was going to be what they were showing on Saturday. So you'd see a little, like, teasers for it and yeah. stuff. It was always really cool, like... It was always really cool the way that they like marketed this stuff, and so that was one that stuck out to me too. But was that one you saw on Cartoon Network, or did you see that one like in theaters oh, or on VHS or what? That was way back on the VHS. You know, I I don't know if my teachers were just lazy or <laughs> they just liked us a lot, but we watched a shit ton of cartoons growing up in school, and that was one that you know we, I believe we watched uh, an American Tale um, a couple of years before that in school and of course you know i'm i came from a super super small school um i'm with a group of 30 kids and that's our grade um and so when bible goes west came out it was like oh yeah we're gonna watch this again and i can just remember um way back then all the characters wiley burp um and it's been so long I, i i know the cat but those guys back in the uh in the in the little town I just remember, um, I remember Wiley Burp telling him to give him the lazy eye. <laughs> and that just, it just stuck out to me because it was just this childish thing, you know, these kids giving like the evil glare and um, I don't know, it, it it was some insane character design for way back then. They really pushed the the boundary of, you know, proportions and things, you know, Fievel was super, super tiny. I mean, obviously he's a mouse, but I mean, you've got a mouse and a dog and this guy is like the size of a penny compared to this dog. The scale, yeah. Right, the scale was just crazy. Um, And they had fun with it. It was just this uh, beautiful homage to these spaghetti westerns with this character that had already been established as this immigrant from Europe all the way to America. Um, I don't know, it just, it, it, it was one of those, just like Land Before Time, it wasn't Disney. Um, and again, I, I sound like I'm purposefully trying to go away from that. But, <laughs> you know, we we oftentimes let Disney overshadow a lot of those classics that kind of didn't really oh, have yeah. a chance, you know, those independent movies. Um, and Five Old Goes West was one of those that I just, I loved it to death. Um, Wiley Burp was one of my favorite characters from that whole series. I think that you're 100% correct, like... Disney, there's not. It's not taking away from Disney because, like, they have the impact. There's a lot of things that stick out to us that are iconic. Exactly. But almost more than Disney movies, I remember ones that weren't Disney because, like, the style was different. I remember things like Balto. Balto, Balto was one that I really loved. Kevin Anastasia. Bacon did the voice. Anastasia. Yeah, sorry. I haven't seen that, but <laughs> Callie's like, you need to watch it. Yes. Um, but Balto stuff like that. Yeah, anything that's like not necessarily like a big uh, under the big umbrella of like Disney animation or whatever. And so, like, there's all these iconic ones, and it's just, like, interesting to see, like, how these resonate with us differently. Like, we still have nostalgia for it, but it's almost, like, at a different level because it's just, like, an outlier, I guess, when it comes up against. Yeah. It's just, like, the, the classic thing of, like, rooting for an underdog, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. it is. I mean, it's it's the, the old um, average Joes. Um, if, you wanna, if you want a wild trip, go watch The Last Unicorn. I haven't seen that. That is like an LSD trip. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not Disney. Um, so a lot of the things we talk about on the show are are very, like, related. Not necessarily, like, media, but in the way things were perceived when we we're growing up. So that's why we've always really been big about talking about animation, anime, and music. Because, really, like, I guess anime and animation are under one thing. So... Animation and music, because those two things are things that, ne- that, especially if you're into, like, anime or if you're watching animation later, like, if you're in high school or something, or if you're into music that isn't necessarily, was like, the status quo or whatever, you're kind of, like, ostracized or made to feel weird or, like, that you're making a strange decision or, you, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just not the norm, so people make you feel weird about it because it's, like, you're doing something that's different than what they think you should be doing. So it's like, 
Oh, of course. One I mean, of those things that that's why we always talk about those two things because they have such a big impact on us later in life. Yeah. And so um, with that, man, I kind of wondered, I, I know your, your music preference a little bit, like we've known each other for a while now, but I just wanted to get your intro into like, I know you're, you have a very eclectic taste. And I wonder where that, where that came from. Was it from listening to the stuff that your parents listening to coupled with like your siblings or wh- where does that kind of come from? Yeah, it, um, you're exactly right. Actually, it's, it's pretty much everything. Um, I guess growing up, whether it was music or um, animation, I was just a sponge. I, I, I let it all affect me. Um, my mom showed me a, a great love for music. Um, she was a big fan of the 80s, pop, new, uh, new, new wave. Uh, my dad held it down with classic country and uh, stuff like um, CCR and um, Bachman Turner Overdrive and all these these really old 70s, 60s um, rock bands that were kind of these, you know, really soft, rebellious um, nature. And then, um, you know, I had a, an older brother and older sister that are about 10 years older than me, and they were totally into stuff like Skid Row and Guns N' Roses and um, Sir Mix-a-Lot and Prince and all these that you know, that my parents wouldn't listen to because it was a little edgier and, um, you know, the subject material was a little more um, teenage-oriented. So I kind of just, I don't know, I was I was influenced by all of that. And then, you know, when I got to become a teenager, I, you know, went through that traditional rebellious stage and started listening to things that I thought I wasn't supposed to. I w- it was, you know, not allowed or things that um, were a little more, pushing the envelope. <laughs> That's where the offspring came in. <laughs> That's where offspring came in. I remember you talking about <laughs> so many different genres and bands and like it seems like there's never a genre that comes up that you don't have some interest in, which I find refreshing a lot with with people that are just like, eh, kind of just yeah. like everything. Yeah, I mean, I I, I I can say I do, but I I also know what I don't like. Right. Um, you know, I <laughs> I'll, I'll go karaoke. My very first karaoke song was Better Man by Pearl Jam. Jesus. But my go-to now is When Doves Cry by Prince. So <laughs> We're going to have to hear that for sure. There's a at the company outing and hear that. <laughs> There's a bit of a range there, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I just, I guess it's safe to say that I've, I've absorbed so much um, from everyone around me. And, you know, even... Uh, just in the few months that we've worked together, I've I've found new music and put it in my library. Oh, and yeah. I love that shit. It's like, when you hear about music from people and you're like, holy shit, this is another thing I can like. It's kind of like sharing food, you know? I love, I love when you can share stuff that you love with someone else and there's no judgment, there's no bias. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I love that, you know? Oh, I like when we went to Taco Bell the other I day. I love cheap tacos. Yeah. And good tacos that aren't $4. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> Sorry. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. The controversial Tunes Tunes podcast calling people out. So sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> can, I, can I say that, Harold? <laughs> you can, man. I'm not I'm not taking it out, bro. <laughs> We're not editing I'm not editing your free speech, pal. Sweet. Um but yeah, man, I mean there's just like and it you know, we talked about it before about nostalgia playing such a big such a big like part of it. Um, I think about the other day when we were, like, um, talking about, like, those infomercials that would come on that were, like, the Time Life compilations. And it's, like, that's something I haven't thought about those things in probably, man, 17 years. Like, half my life ago was the last time I thought about. I guess it's not quite half my life ago, but it was, like, years ago, the last time I thought about one of these things. You know what I mean? Like. And someone just happened to share it on Facebook, and then I came to work. And if something puts, if somebody puts something in my head, I take that to work, and I put that in everyone else's head at work. And I'm like, because I have to think about this, now you have to think about it. <laughs> you know, it's it's infectious. Um, I this may be a little off topic, but I I can't remember where I heard it. I believe it was like a Harvard study or something, but it it was strictly on nostalgia and how. When you get that moment, you know, like you said, you um, and I remember the day you shared that um, the, the the music infomercial, the Time Life um, sets, 
are still so very popular today. <laughs> um, it nostalgia has a way of physically making your you feel warm. Like it has that effect on your body, um, so your body temperature raises. And the the joke was when you're freezing cold, think about something that gives you nostalgic feelings, and it'll kind of trick your body into warming itself up. Goddamn. Um, anyway, I, I know that's not. That's uh, probably why I was sweating that day. <laughs> it's not because our AC was out like yeah, today. Sweating to the oldies. <laughs> Solid gold oldies. <laughs> so, but you know what's funny about like the design on a lot of those is that, that shit doesn't hold up. And so I posted something on Facebook about it. It was like the solid gold old or solid gold soul. That's what it was. And the way that they did the font was really funny. Like the let, a lot of the letters were like different sizes. And one of my friends shared like that SpongeBob meme where it's like the mocking <laughs> thing where it's like caps and lowercase. Yes. It was like solid gold soul. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, it looks just like that. That is so funny. Like, and I had no, like, I didn't even notice. And I was like dying laughing when she shared that. I was like, holy shit. It'd be like that. I think we've had enough time to step back from that design and say just how horrible it all really was. <laughs> Man, it is. It's just, like, funny when you look back at stuff like that, and you're like, that eh, shit didn't hold up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Neither did VHS, though. Well, and it's funny, though, like, how a lot of things are coming back, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember I was at Vintage Stock a little, probably a few months ago. It might have been longer. It was whatever, whenever Morrissey released his last album. It wasn't that long ago. But I went to Vintage Stock, and there was a CD, a vinyl, and a cassette tape of Morrissey's last album. And I was like, what? I was like, first of all, Morrissey's still making music? What the hell? <laughs> and then second of all, he put it out on wax and on tape. Like, holy shit, that's crazy. Jesus. He's, he's old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'll shout out to, uh, to knock around sunglasses out in San Diego. Um, I don't know if I can do that. Um, they uh, they collaborated not too long ago with Weezer, which I can say the same thing. Oh, my God, they're still making music. But um, they released these sunglasses that were in collab with their new Black album. Oh, cool. And uh, with that pre-order, uh, pre you got the cassette of the Black album, which was like... Throwback, bro. Were how the hell were am they I going like, to play this? Were they Wayfarers or something? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that makes totally. sense then. Yes. How did I know? I haven't even you heard. Know. I haven't even heard about this marketing idea. You, you but just I, know. I already knew they were going to be <laughs> we, be wayfarers, like Don Henley says in Boys of Summer. <laughs> uh, black flag sticker on the Cadillac. I didn't. <laughs> oh wait, that was the Ataris. Sorry. <laughs> I thought the Ataris wrote that. My God. Were we talking about that the other day? It was like someone I was telling you about my friend that thought that. John Mayer wrote Free Fallen. That's an atrocity <laughs> against rock and roll. Oh, no, you know what it was? I told you that Madison didn't know that the Dixie Chicks didn't write Landslide. Jesus. <laughs> Poor Fleetwood Mac. Stevie <laughs> Nicks going to beat her ass. <laughs> she probably still could, too. <sighs> God damn it. She's like, you about to be caught in that landslide. <laughs> That shit killed you me. You can go your own way. <laughs> uh. God damn it. This is devolved, Lucas. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know my music. I'm sorry. God damn it. That is too funny. I do have to commend you on like, uh, so one thing that you put together the, uh, the Spotify playlist and I always admittedly do not a very good job of like sharing those, which I've been sharing those every week. So check out uh, tomorrow on the whenever this episode drops tomorrow check out our facebook page you'll see uh the, the featured playlist for the week of one of our past guests trying to uh reshare those and just be like check out you know this person's taste in music i think it's interesting to see that you know because it's just like it's like making a making someone a mixtape yeah i love that i love playlists for that reason that's why we kind of integrate spotify with like um each episode we i have each like everyone that i have on i have them make a playlist and i'm like this is a glimpse into this person's taste in music, which I love. Yep. But 
This is like the most quintessential Luke list that I can <laughs> see. It's like genuine Toto. <laughs> The kills and Nine Inch Nails. I'm like, God damn it, Luke. Dude, I wanted to make you laugh. That is, it did. I was just like, holy shit. Genuine. I was just singing in those jeans. That's so funny. I had some Mark Morrison on there. Oh! But we've been blaring that at work all week. I can... That song will never get old, bro. Never. Return of the Mac. It can return over and over and never get old. I believe, as you say, it slaps. It slaps. It bops. It, it's a bop. It slaps. A bops and it's a slap. Mix and match, baby. Stands the test of time. The Mac will always return. Dude, that's <laughs> <laughs> what uh, the Cafe Disco is going to use that in the <laughs> marketing. <laughs> they should. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Luke, man, I appreciate you coming through and, uh, you know, taking a minute to chat with me. I've been wanting to have you on since you started, and uh, we're going to have to have you back on for sure for some of these, uh, for some of the shows, like, that you mentioned that you liked. I've been planning on doing some, like, uh, specific, uh, show-specific episodes, so we'll have to have you jump back on one of those or maybe a bracket episode or something. It'll be fun. I would absolutely love that. Uh, but why don't you tell me where they could follow, like, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier you're an illustrator, maybe where they can check out your work or follow you on social, stuff like that. Totally. Um, you know, I'm uh, I'm on Dribble. It's a graphic design uh, platform. I'm Scissortail on there. Um, on Twitter, I'm Man with Wood, and uh, on Instagram, I'm just Luke underscore Southern. That's crazy that you got you were the first person to get Scissortail on all of. Dribble. I can't. I, I have no idea how that it happened. Shocking. I think we talked about it the other day. I was like, holy shit. I was late to the game too. I mean, I didn't get, you know, it's a, it's a private invite only. And I, it took me several years to get invited. Um, I was surprised that nobody from Oklahoma stole that one. But I did not know that that's how you got that. Yeah. Cause I always see people like, I know a lot of graphic designers just like you do, but I'll always see designers post that. It's like, I have a dribble invite. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I guess they expire after a while, so yep. you have to, like, send it out to someone. Yep. But, well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again, Luke. Thank you. Bye. Later. Bye.